Blog Talk Radio. Once very exciting I just <laughs> with the uh, with the internet age I just kind of started calling around to places but um, uh, I started going to local events around town um, and I I got kind of a late start in wrestling I started when I was uh, 25 years old because um, I was always a fan but I kind of thought maybe I was uh, too small to be a professional wrestler, or not, not especially back then. I wasn't the biggest guy in the world, um, but I started going to local shows, and uh, I'm not going to name names, but um, I saw some of the the local guys, and they're you know they're friends of mine now. But I I, I would see them at live events, and I'm like, oh hell, you know, like <laughs> I you know I don't want to be disparaging, but uh, it's like, oh, I'm bigger than this guy. I'm bigger than this guy. You know, like this guy's doing it, then, you know, why can't I, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and then, so then from there, it was, it was nothing too exciting. I tried to get in, um, at uh, Playboy Buddy Rose's school. Um, and we kind of played phone tag for most of that summer. And then I just kind of, um, uh, found out through the grapevine that the school, I'm sorry, the school had closed. So I, I uh, narrowly missed an opportunity to train um, with uh, Buddy Rose and Ed Wiskoski, but that would have been cool. But um, I ended up going to um, uh, the West Coast Wrestling Connections um, uh, training facility there, and I trained under Cedric the Hitman, um, uh, Eric Baden, um, G-Shock, and, of course, there were always – 
pros who lived around town who would come in and work out and help out and that sort of thing. So that's where I started. Over the years on this program, we've interviewed a few different people, and when your name comes up, usually the word underrated is somewhere in there. Yeah. I personally have often said you're probably one of the more overlooked, underrated people in this area for sure. Do you ever get the feeling that maybe you are kind of underrated as far as where you see yourself in this region, maybe even on a broader scale underrated? Well, I I kind of take uh... – I take a little bit of exception to that because if everybody thinks that, then why, <laughs> then how underrated could I be? Um, no, uh, seriously, I don't. I don't really concern myself much with how uh, how others view me. That sounds weird, but really, I'm just goal focused on uh, being the best wrestler I can be, getting my name out there, getting notoriety. Um, and whatever happens, happens. Um, I do hear I hear people say that a lot, the, that I'm underrated, which is flattering. I mean, it's flattering to be um, considered at all, you know. Uh, <laughs> and there's certainly worse things to be than underrated. Um, so I take it as a compliment, and I really appreciate those sorts of things. Um, I also have a very hard time uh, dealing with, praise of any kind so I'd rather when my name comes up uh, from now on if anyone if any wrestlers are listening to this from now on if they could just go ahead and bury me when they get the chance uh, that that would be much preferable I could I could deal with that a lot easier so Aaron Corbin and Royce Isaacs if you're listening there you go so. <laughs> just a little bit of levity I don't know <laughs> One of the things you and I have talked about in locker rooms, when you were doing your gentleman brawler initially a few years ago, mm-hmm. it wasn't too long before people came up with a very similar presentation at the national level. Uh, you had the villains, you had... Um, guy on 205 Live, you had a few other people doing a very similar thing to what I had never seen done before you did it. Uh, We saw you doing it in this region first, but fans nationwide didn't actually get to see that necessarily. Do you think that maybe people saw what you were doing, took it as their own, and they kind of undercut you or do you think it was just one of those things where it was a good idea and it was bound to eventually show up on the national stage? Um, I think it could be both. And I, and I don't, I don't know about undercutting. Like I don't really know what the, why anyone would do that or what the purpose would be. I mean, you know, you, you of course are a uh, well-schooled wrestling fan. So, you know, you know, back in like territory days, like pre-cable, there were, uh, you know, like a nature boy in almost every territory. 
or you know like it it's it's not like Ric Flair invented it you know he got it from um Buddy Rogers I'm sorry is that yeah and then yeah, um, yeah and then uh and then you know then from Flair there were like five or six in other different territories so I don't really take it as like trying to like impede me from my business or whatever. I think it's just more that uh, maybe it's just a good idea. It's a, it's an easy idea. It was certainly, it was one of those like light bulb things where it's like, Oh, I haven't seen this before, you know, and it's pretty uh, ubiquitous. The idea of, you know, handlebar mustache, uh, that sort of thing was pretty popular in the culture. Like, uh, I was getting a lot of gifts when, when I first started doing that, I was getting a lot of gifts with like handlebar mustaches on it. Like, I don't know, coffee mugs and, uh, pins and stickers and that sort of thing. So like it was, it was on everyone's conscience or consciousness, you know? So I don't, I don't even, I can't say with certainty that it was like, uh, you know, somebody saw me on TV and ripped it off or whatever. Um, but it was it was just kind of funny to have to have fans like maybe six months after I was doing it when it was being done nationally to then accuse me of being the the copy or you know but what can you do exactly <laughs> uh, you in your career have been around long enough that you've seen a lot of injuries happen uh, to different people and injuries are part of the wrestling business. Everybody's going to get the occasional one if they're in for very long. What are right. some of the injuries that you have had to overcome? Um, well, I've been pretty fortunate. Um, I, uh, I've, I've tried to avoid injuries whenever possible because it's, uh, like you said, it's it's practically unavoidable, but there's no sense in, like, hurrying it along, you know. Um, but my first, uh, my first real injury was when I was maybe – I'd only been wrestling for a year or so, and uh, I broke my foot. And um, I, that was the first time I had broken a bone at all. And um, it was kind of strange. Like, it hurt, but I didn't really have any um, – I didn't really have any frame of reference for how bad a broken bone feels. And to be honest, like, I'm not trying to sound like I'm tough or anything like that, but like I finished the match, I was in pain, but I was just like, Oh, I don't know. You know, I don't know what happened, but let's, you know, I was limping along and the match probably sucked, but um, I finished it. And then, and then like the pain just wouldn't go away. Like the, the adrenaline from the match um, wore off after an hour or so. And it was like, oh, this is this is bad. And then you know, I was driving home that night, and it was like, this is really bad. Like I can, I could barely drive. And then when I woke up in the morning, you know, it was still lingering around. And it was like, oh, sure enough, it's broken. And um, but it didn't. I guess in my mind, I had built up the idea of a broken bone as like debilitating. You know, like oh my god, this is, you know, it's it's all the only thing on your mind when really it was like, oh, this. Huh. 
that's a broken bone, huh? You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I've I've had concussions. Yeah, that's that's the big one I would say um, that everybody would hope to avoid because you don't want to you don't want your mind to be vegetative when you're older. Um, and the the more that we learn about CTE and that sort of thing uh, has definitely, at least even since I've started like trying to be smarter about the kind of uh, danger you put yourself in when, it, especially when it comes to head injuries, like avoid uh, unblocked chair shots to the head, for instance, you know, that's, that should be an obvious one for anyone wrestling now. It's like, don't, you know, you're going to need your brain. <laughs> um, but other, I broke, so I broke my foot. I've had a couple concussions and really that's about it. I don't, uh, I try not to go out there and get myself hurt to be honest. So. That's a great policy to have actually. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, at this point, uh, Coach Mike has questions for you as well, so I will pass you along to the coach with the most. All right. Bring him on. Hey. Hey, Eric. How you doing? Hey, Coach. How you been? I'm doing great. We're proud and honored to have you on. Was, oh, uh, I appreciate that. Thank you. We were sad that we couldn't have the cool heels on a while back, but you know, never. Uh, yeah. But better late than never. Yes. Absolutely. All right. So, hey, who were some of your heroes growing up? Whether it was wrestling, sports, or ordinary life. Hmm. I'm not sure how to answer that. I don't. I don't. I don't know that I've ever really had heroes per se. Um, I mean, I've got people that I, that I look up to. Um, uh, my grandfather uh, was a really major dude. Um, he took care of me a lot through my life. Like when uh, s- strife or animosity would come up in my life, I could always uh, go to his house. His door was always open. He had a really cool, like it, I don't know. I I don't think people really live like this anymore, but he, he just always had his door open. You could just walk in unannounced and he'd be hanging out and just like, Hey, you know, like, you know, like it, an impromptu visit to grandpa wasn't uh, weird. You know, like me, if someone tried to do that at my house, uh, I would lose my mind, but you know, my, but he, you know, he's, he comes from a whole different era. Um, yeah, my grandpa was, uh, I, I guess you could say a hero. Um, I never, I never really looked at it that way because you kind of, you kind of built heroes up in your mind. Like, uh, you know, like you said, like sports, like athletes or, uh, I don't know, even fictional, like Paul Bunyan type. But my, my grandpa was my hero and he's, he was a very real person and I don't know, he kind of, uh, he kind of taught me the rather uh, go with the flow kind of attitude. He was a very chill man, um, and I kind of uh, took to that. Just because a lot of you know life is life can get crazy a lot of times, but you're just 
you're floating down that river and uh, whatever happens, happens. You deal with it. Right on. And then who are some of your favorite wrestlers uh, ever since? Um, well, I have like a list of wrestlers that got me, you know, that made me want to be a wrestler. Um, I was a big fan of, uh, um, like technical wrestlers from, um, like the early nineties was when, um, when I first started really watching, like I was a big fan of, um, Kurt Hennig and, um, Bret Hart. Um, and then, uh, what's funny is when I started wrestling, my, um, my perspective on what a good work, uh, wrestler was kind of changed. Like um, a lot of people that I didn't really, I don't know, I didn't have anything against, but I didn't, I didn't really see the big deal. Um, st- what they did started to resonate more with me, like um, Bruiser Brody, uh, a really big fan of now, um, Terry Funk, um, a lot of these, uh, pardon me, um, a lot of these uh, southern kind of brawler types um, I've really started to get an appreciation for as uh, now that I'm a wrestler and kind of understand that uh, brawling is a lot more than just hitting somebody with something and punching and kicking. And, you know, I, I, I started to appreciate that there is an understated psychology to all of it um, when done well, you know, the like the Bruiser Brodies and there are of course people who have no idea and they just go out and punch and kick each other. But, uh, um, but yeah, my, my taste has kind of almost done a one eighty. Okay. And then, um, we do have a, some fan questions. We have a longtime fan, Kurt Ferris, who a lot of times he has off the wall questions and here's one of his right. off the wall questions. He wants to know, has Eric Wright ever gone to the wrong venue for a match? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't No, but I have, I have pulled these kind of like, um, these like matinee kind of shows. Like there's been times where, um, uh, I've been booked for two shows in one night, that kind of thing. And you almost feel like, um, that sitcom trope where you're supposed to be on a date with two girls at one time. And so, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> and it's like, you know, so you're running back and forth and that sort of thing. Um, and I have almost and in, in, in that sort of, in that circumstance, uh, just started going to the, the building I always go to and like, Oh no, I have to go to this one first. And, and that sort of thing. And, you know, driving like a madman, uh, if I'm <laughs> if I'm wrestling in Salem in the afternoon and then Portland in at night, you know, I get done with my match and I take off for the hour, hour and a half and hopefully I make it on time and that sort of thing. Um but no, um I think uh coach, I'm sure you're with me on this. Uh, I think every wrestler has had the uh the nightmare that they've um pulled up to the wrong building or uh, you hear your music playing and you're, you've only got one boot on, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> you know, I think, yeah, that's, yeah. I think that's a pretty common uh, nightmare for a wrestler, but no, it hasn't happened in my actual waking life. <laughs> okay. And then one of our standard questions, 
which we're getting uh, one of the same answers for. Sign Guy would like to know what's your favorite coffee to drink? My favorite coffee? Yeah. Um, well, I, I was not a coffee drinker until um, until I had kids, oddly enough. Um, something about having kids uh, drains all my energy, you know. Um, so I started, <laughs> I started drinking coffee maybe, um, gosh, only five or six years ago. Um, and I, I hated because I hated the taste. I just couldn't deal with it. And then, um, now I've gotten so used to it. I just drink my coffee black, to be honest. Okay. And then the, so once the again, we're getting... I, I've pulled a complete 180. The answer we're getting more often than not nowadays is they don't drink coffee. So, yeah. anyways, I mean, so there's, did you there's play a lot harder stuff school? on the market. Uh, did you play yeah, well, in... okay, yeah. Um, I I wrestled a little bit. Um, uh, what did I do? I wrestled for one year, um, but mostly I was um, I was a music guy. Um, I started playing guitar when I was 13, and that was that was kind of my uh, number one passion at the time. Because, um, like I said, uh, like I was saying to Sign Guy, I kind of I kind of put wrestling in the rear window when I wasn't growing up to be uh, the biggest guy in the world, um, and so I kind of took the music all through high school, and it wasn't until uh, my mid twenties where the bands that I was playing in kind of fizzled out and, uh, this, uh, the wrestling bug kind of came back at the exact same time. Okay. And then who's some of your favorite bands or guitarists? Um, gosh, we could be here all day about, uh, guitarists <laughs> and, um, um, I like, I like weird stuff. I mean, I, I kind of like a little bit of everything, but, um, when I was a kid, especially we played, uh, in weird experimental sort of bands. Like, um, we were, uh, big into like Sonic youth and that sort of thing. Um, just kind of making weird noise and seeing if anybody likes it. And, uh, it turns out they didn't. So, um, (laughs) so, it kind of, it kind of worked out, um, but it, it's kind of, it was kind of a similar philosophy that I have to wrestling. Like in, um, as a wrestler, a lot of times I'll just get this bug to like, well, why don't, why don't we try this? Like, it's probably not going to work. It's almost like, um, it's almost like when you're an actor and you're, and you're taking classes and you're doing like these, these exercises or like improv, you know, that sort of thing where you're, you're doing an exercise where it's like, okay, now you're, you're a frog man or, or just, you know, just something totally bizarre. And, um, uh, so like as a band or even as a wrestler, sometimes I'll just, I consider these like little challenges just to see what I could do with them. That sort of thing. It's almost like, honestly, it's like hamstringing yourself, but, um, at the same time, it's kind of fun to stretch and see just what you're capable of. 
Okay, yes, uh, Sonic Youth was one of Kurt Cobain's favorite bands. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and then what's your self-defense background? Self-defense? Oh, I'm, I have none. Uh, I used to get beat up all the time. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, other than, other than taking a little bit of amateur wrestling, um, I am, I am not a. Uh, not much in the ways of fighting other I mean that's not to say I never got in fights but um uh I was not trained um uh, any more than just fighting out in like schoolyards and uh parking lots and things like that All right well well at least you got uh Richard Sincere one of the top Texas Hold'em <laughs> yeah. submission guys on your team I'm sure that rubs off a little right. Absolutely. Yeah, I let him handle all that. Uh, <laughs> I'll, uh, yeah, he he's definitely holding up that end of the bargain. Um, but to be honest, it's not it's not like uh, well, no, I, I take that back. I was going to say it's not like you know the old days where you would have to you would be tested because actually we that sort of thing does happen, and he, we have been. It matches where guys uh, take liberties, let's say. Um, yeah. Try to, you know, they they try to get cute or they try to do, they, they try to shoot or whatever, you know, whatever terminology we're using here. Um, yeah, they try to, they try to do something they're not supposed to do. And um, yeah, Richard's pretty quick to straighten them out. Um, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> I'm sure you've seen it. Yes. Okay, so what's some of the most memorable matches you've seen or been involved with? Hmm. Um You know, one of my my favorite matches um is uh not even one that I was in. Um but a, a friend of mine, um Jonas Albert Robinson um, way back, and this was like well over ten years ago, maybe eleven years ago. Um, I've always remembered this match because it was just, in my opinion, just a master class of psychology and how to uh, how to work with the talent that you're given. Um, we were wrestling at a West Coast Wrestling Connection, and the promoter brought in a guy who I'm not really sure. I think. I think he kind of got worked on what this what this guy actually was, who he was, and that sort of thing. Because um, he brought he brought this this guy in, and um, he had been built up by someone. Uh, he came from Ireland, I believe, uh, but he was built up to be like this big this big thing. And when he showed up, he was like maybe uh, five seven, like maybe. 150 pounds. Um, he actually had um, cerebral palsy and had um, no use of one of his arms. Um, which you know that's that's not a knock on the guy. That's not anything he can help. But it. it um, but so he had a match with another wrestler, and um, it was just awful. Like it was. It was just, the, and it was with one of our one of the best wrestlers in the company at the time, and it was just, 
it was just terrible. Uh, you know, there's no other way to say it. Um, and so the next night, uh, Jonas uh, had to wrestle this guy, and he he came up with these spots. He was the the heel, um, and he came up with all these spots that not only worked around this guy's um, abilities and disabilities, but he actually showcased them and accented them so that they they were like a crucial part of the match. Like he's he's obviously trying to get boos and um, derision from the crowd. And so like the first the first thing he does is he comes out and he cuts a promo on the guy and he's talking about how he was promised someone else and you know like it's nothing it's nothing against you but you know he's like I don't I don't feel comfortable beating up on a guy like you whatever blah 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 um he's like look like we this doesn't have to be a match tonight we don't have to do this um I'll you know I'll let you I'll let you leave right now unharmed if you just shake my hand and the uh, the the guy just so it, it's his right arm that has no function, and so the the guy is literally unable to shake his hand, and he he of course knows that going in right. So so yeah. it's it's just a psychology ploy. So the crowd is just so pissed. They're so mad, and there and and there were a few more of these as the match went on, where he you know he he showcased this guy. And the I've never heard. First of all, he was booed out of the building. I mean, it was incredible. But this guy who the night before uh, had just a terrible, terrible match, and no one cared. And by by the end of this one, you know, they were they were practically carrying this guy off on their shoulders. You know, as it, it was just it was uh, it was remarkably well done. It has nothing to do with me. I just, it, it's just yeah. a match that's always stuck with me. Uh, he and I, you know, we were uh, tag partners. We, we came up together and that sort of thing. He's a hell of a wrestler in his own right. But yeah. Awesome. What about man- memorable matches you've been in? Um, you know, I don't remember a lot of them. Um, I've had, I, there's a few that stand out to me. Um, there's, uh, I guess, one in particular. Um, I'm a big fan of the angle, you know, like a wrestling angle, um, the story. That's what I've always been a story guy. I'm not much for um, flips and, um, you know, all that sort of craziness. Not that there, I don't have anything against it. It's just I can't do it. So I had to figure something else out. Um, but seriously, uh I guess, I guess the, maybe my favorite match is maybe the, certainly the most memorable because it had a cool angle. Um, was I was doing the gentleman brawler thing with um, I had just turned heel, and I was with Richard Sincere. That was uh, right around the time I met him, um, and he was my second and that sort of thing. And um, we went into an angle with. Um, Alexander Hammerstone, who uh, uh, since then, you know, he wrestles at MLW and wrestles all over the country and in Japan and that sort of thing. You know, he's a he's a big star, you know. Uh, but we had we had this really fun angle um, where um, let's see, was that was that pre Fireball? 
maybe not. Um, we, where we, uh, after a match, we got the best of him. I don't remember what happened exactly. Oh, now I remember. Uh, I was doing this fireball thing, um, you know, where I would light fireballs on guys and they'd go down and all this sort of thing, um, which was, that was a lot of fun in its own right. But, um, so we did it to Hammerstone after a match, um, and it got thrown out and that sort of thing. And so he started coming after us and, um, it culminated in a, uh, well, okay. So we, we fireballed another person and he came to like save the day and we, uh, we got the best of him. We got him down on the ground. We beat him down and, uh, uh, started cutting his hair, got some of his hair off, and that that culminated in um, a uh, hair versus hair match, um, which was a lot of fun. I really got to uh, uh, spread my wings creatively because I was given a um, like a main event angle on TV, and so I kind of got to pull out all the stuff that I've always wanted to do in matches, like story-wise, like a lot of like swerves and um, different sort of like false finishes and that sort of thing. Um, So we, so we had all this, we had like ref bumps and yada, yada, yada. Um, It of course ended in uh, Hammerstone beating me, cutting off all my hair, which like, for me, you know, the, just the crowd reaction from me getting my hair cut, you know, they were just losing their minds. Uh, and that's, that's to me, you know, I'm usually on the, uh, on the butt end, so to speak, of um, crowd reactions. But either way is good for me, you know, just as long as they're, they leave shows happy, you know, that sort of thing. But anyway, um, so they, they, they popped from that. Like it was like loud like a loud, loud pop. Like I haven't, I don't hear too often. And uh, um, so he, he, he shaves my head. And then as he goes to leave, he like steps through the ropes and then he stops. And I'm just, I'm laying there, you know, totally beat up. And he stops and then he looks back and then he looks to the crowd. He's like, hmm, what about the mustache? And so, yeah. <laughs> You know, he he sits me up and he uh, he shaves off my handlebar mustache, and that's when the crowd really loses it. You, you know, like that that was the the loudest pop that I've personally ever heard in a match that I've been in, um, and that, I was really proud of that because um, you know it's not my it's not my own personal glory, but that's that's wrestling. You know, I I I just like that. Uh, I could elicit that kind of reaction at the crowd, even if it is at my expense. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's my favorite memory. That that's the one that I'll uh, carry with me, you know. Okay, wow, that's impressive. Impressive. I'm gonna have to look that one up. Well, hey, I guess my time has ran out. I'm sure uh, Randy and Signs got more questions for you. I want to wish you all okay. the luck in the world, and I'm a huge fan of Sincere's and your guys' group. And thanks so yeah. much. Hey, thank you, Coach. Welcome. All right, Randy Zellers, you got some questions? Yeah, what's up, Eric? How you doing, my man? How you been? How's I'm life good. treating How you, are homie? You? Oh, uh, man, shoot. Not too bad. 
Hey, man, I got to tell yeah, man, it's been a minute, dude. I was, I, I yep. mean, I've been seeing you going off and stuff like that. And, hey, man, yeah, you've been doing, you've been putting in that work. I, yeah, you've been putting, <laughs> you, yeah, man. Yeah, man, you've been putting it in, shit like that. Yeah. But, man, yeah, man, I got yeah, I got some, yeah, I got some um, pretty good questions to ask you. Um, some of them which um, Mike Jones uh, hit you up on, I was going to touch him a little bit more of the uh, music okay. thing and stuff because that was um because that was actually a pretty good topic and that's and I can see that that was what what was your most uh passionate like passionate about and stuff like that but is that what you spent your teenage years too? Uh yeah, pretty much. Uh just kind of being a kind of being a delinquent. Not you know, it's just just kind of hanging out <laughs> with friends and playing music and that sort of thing. Hey, you know what? That's hey, that's what's up, shoot. That, yeah. <laughs> hey, that's what's hey, that's what's up, man. Shoot. Just trying trying to rattle the neighbors' windows, you know that sort of thing. Ah, shoot, hey, neighbors, neighbors. Shoot, man. They, a lot of a lot of them folks, man. They got some insurance for that. They fine. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like partying. Up, like, did you ever like go up to any um, house parties like you when you was a teenager and stuff, and didn't think nothing of it, huh? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And me, and, and us now as adults, I be going up in there, be like, y'all be shaving yourself, knowing y'all know <laughs> the folks out that people. Y'all do oh, wrong. I, <laughs> I stay far away from those now. Yeah, that's those days of yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm like ooh, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because I mean, just um, just like a few nights ago, I mean, I was uh, I was at my girl's house and stuff like that, and up the street it was cracking. So yeah, mm-hmm. so kids went up there, they ain't come down there. Then I went up there, and it was cracking. There was just a whole bunch of teenagers just out there drinking, having a good time. I'm like. I you know I grabbed I grabbed the kids I was like hey if y'all don't want no juvenile records y'all better come back home <laughs> <laughs> right and not right. and and not dead ass ten minutes later the police came I'm like ooh yep well <laughs> I'm like what what I tell you <laughs> oh yep, bunch exactly. of kids went to juvie <laughs> yeah but that's but yeah man that's I mean that is cool as shit and everything else but um. What's your name? Uh, like, um, like I know you had some title runs. Um, what was your most memorable title run? Tag team solo. Um, um, let's. I think. I mean, they're all cool. You know, like the each one is kind of special. Um, but I think. Yeah. I think when I won the um, the DOA. Uh, title. Um, it was really. I'm, I'm trying to think. I think that might have been the first title I ever won, and it was it was kind of strange because it wasn't like the uh, like I didn't win the mid card belt, and they built you know built me up to main event or whatever you know that's what it was. It was actually really sudden. Yeah. Um, if, if I remember right, uh, whoever. Whoever had the title had to leave the company, or so, I don't. I don't really remember the details of it now. I just remember it was a sort of, um, it was like a battle royal kind of situation. Um, gotcha. Yeah, and just 
just winning that was again it's one of those uh it's it's one of those reactions that I could still kind of picture in my mind because it wasn't it was everyone was really happy but it, there was definitely like a uh, a reaction of a genuine shock where they're like oh this guy actually won you know like yeah yeah it's cool so i because I, I had kind of been around there for a while but i was always kind of a mid card or a tag team guy yeah. and then they kind, they kind of they kind of thrust me up there suddenly but the crowd was into it they they were right there with me so that's that's a nice feeling to know that they you know they took a chance and the crowd was there with it so uh um, hell yeah yeah that's that's definitely special to me hey did you did you know you were gonna win it or was it just a surprise uh not until i got there that day oh not until you got there yeah yeah <laughs> hey yeah. those Hey, those are the best ones to to get one to get one like that. Right, I right. mean, getting surprises like that, it's like w- w- what? <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. And, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. And all those times you're thinking about a title run and like what you would do and everything, but it's kind of like okay, here's your title run. What you gonna do with it? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was. It's like, oh, I guess yeah. off to the races now. <laughs> you know? Yep. Yeah, and I mean, and DOA and those fans, whoo, those fans, those fans really put the love in in that organization. And oh yeah. And I mean, just winning it from there, a lot of other wrestlers that never stepped foot in DOA would have called that mecca. Right. It's right. like, oh, this, yeah, you know. <laughs> You know, like, yeah. you got that talent. You get to go to DOA. You get to go and just battle it out with all kinds of people. And not there is and not there is badass. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of fun. Hell, yeah. Hell, yeah. That was good. I mean, locker room was great. You know, everyone treated each other with the utmost respect. That's good. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. A lot of good, a lot of good friends I've made there. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, I I can tell you that much. Um, shoot, and I remember we we went. I mean, we was in the same uh, locker room at a uh, PCW. Mhm. Yep. Yep. PCW, man. I'll tell you, I had fun over there too. While the time was when the time was there, I had I had my fun. It was great. Yeah. I know close day doors. I was like, damn, another place I can't go to. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it's always a shame. I mean, it happens, you know, eventually to just about everywhere. But yeah, it was fun while it lasted. Yeah, that was where I met um, you and Sign Guy and uh, yep. a lot of people, uh, Chris Reisick and yep. yeah, yeah. Can't yeah, forget, um, can't forget Missy Vaughn. Missy Vaughn. That's where I first met her at. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Yep, and stuff like that. And um, let's see here. How about uh, how about for travel? How about for your traveling experience? Like, who was mm-hmm. one of the people that always uh, rode with you, or did you ride with? You know, going to going to shows. Hmm. Um. Let's see. Let me think. Um. I'm always. You know who? Uh, I. Let me think. Let me think. I used to ride a lot with uh, Jeremy Blanchard. Um, oh. When I was when I was uh, 
I'd been around for a couple years, but um, it was when I kind of started to like go from like bright eyed rookie to actually like starting to like get it, you know, understand wrestling psychology and you know that sort of thing. Um, okay. Uh, so he he and I would ride uh, to towns a lot together, um, and it was cool because. You know, we talk wrestling and stuff, but uh, we have a lot of other similar interests. Uh, he's he's a big music fan too, and so um, I, he's in a he's in a band right now, as a matter of fact. But um, yeah. you know, so we we had a lot of other things that we could also talk about. Like we we talked wrestling, of course, and I learned a lot. You know, just getting his perspective on uh, wrestling and his point of view and that sort of thing. But we talked music. We talked you know, all sorts of things. Uh, real, real easy. Like I, I love, I love writing with dudes who make the ride seem faster. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like some, some, sometimes yeah. you're on the road for like five or six hours and then you get there and like, man, that felt like 30 minutes, 40 minutes, you know? Yeah. Uh, oh, I get that. Yeah, so, he, <laughs> so he's, he's great. Oh, that's um, cool. And then I got to, then I got to, uh, um, drive around a lot with uh Lynn Denton, the grappler. Um and that was that was kind of like <clears throat> that was kind of like really stepping it up as far as learning how wrestling works and that sort of thing because he just everything he says is just dropping knowledge whether you know, like he's he's not like sitting me down and like, okay kid, I'm gonna this is how wrestling works, whatever, blah blah blah. But he'd just tell a story about when he was wrestling in Louisiana or what, you know, he just, he tells a story mm-hmm. about this guy or that guy. And I, and I, I'm driving, but in my, in my mind, I'm, I'm sitting there with a pen, with a pencil and paper, like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, making all these mental notes. It was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah. Learning this, learning this, you know? Yeah. Or that, or, or that when the story is so good, mm-hmm. it's like you're imagining yourself in that story, in there somewhere with some of your wrestling yep. buddies in that time era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that right there can be a bug out, but, man, if you let that flow out, man, shit, you already yeah. got your notes right there. <laughs> right, right. Yep. Yeah, you're, I mean, getting your notes and everything else, and, and let's see here, and... And any legends or any friends that you have that you have made in the wrestling business, and they turned out like to be like, okay, this guy went from celebrity to click regular person, <laughs> like in your like in your book and stuff like that. And I mean, yeah. Um, what? I'm I'm not sure of the question. Like, people have I met oh, like someone a- who was just like. Like they just yeah, weren't as cool as I thought. Like, oh no, oh like um, like they just became like more than like, like not just like your wrestling buddy, but your like your your life friend. Oh, oh, sure, 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 sure. I got you. Um, yeah, I've got a lot of um, uh, good wrestling friends. Um, like a like I mentioned, uh, Jeremy Blanchard and I are real tight. Um, that's cool. Uh, r- yeah. Richard Sincere and I are tight. We uh, we work together on all sorts of weird projects outside of wrestling and that sort of thing. Um, 
Yeah, you know, like not many. You know how you know how wrestling is. Like some some days yep. these guys are your friends, and then the next, you know, they've got a knife in your back. You know that. Uh, but yeah. Days, um, you know, uh, uh, my good friend uh, Dylan Devine, who I've known forever. Um, he's now living in uh, New Jersey, going to Rutgers, or maybe he may have graduated by now. But at any yeah. rate. Um, uh, he's another good one. Good dude. Um, yeah, Jonas Albert Robinson, good friend of mine. Uh, my trainers, you know, I still talk to all the time. Yeah. Still trying to get advice and that sort of thing, you know. Yeah, because you know what? I mean, in my book, hey, a, a true student or a true master or a true at anything in your craft, the training never stops. <laughs> Nope, it never stops. And you know what's nope. funny is um, the the longer I wrestle, I I look to different people. I'm I'm always asking people for their perspective on wrestling. Um, the one that the one that I'm always asking now that I don't hear a lot of people looking for is I will I will ask someone who's not a wrestling fan what they think of. Like I'll I'll show them something and it's like, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? I'd try to get uh, their perspective because to me um, wrestling is kind of uh, it's one of the most Americana things that we got going in, in all real Like it's uh, I don't know. It's, it's kind of, it's a, it's an American institution and the, <laughs> it, 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 you know what I mean? It, it goes to these, yep. but like, um, you know, I think back to when I was a kid and everybody at least knew who Hulk Hogan was. Like it doesn't, it didn't matter. They might have never even seen wrestling or anything, but you know, it's like they've seen him. They know who he is. So I, I try to get yep. those people's perspective because mm-hmm. I try to, I try to see if I can appeal to people who maybe used to like wrestling. Just. To, like maybe they were casual fans and just like see like well what was it that you liked and you know like they you know oh, um, yeah. they like the, they like the big they like the big um the show of it all or you know yeah. they like uh the personalities or or things like that so yeah i kind of yeah. i i try to i basically just try to ask everyone cuz it's all a learning experience for me you know yeah because, I mean, when the name drops like that, when it's an outside, usually you would get names like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see here, The Rock. You get, yep. you know, you, you even get some of them that will say, well, the Attitude Era and the NWO. Can't forget about mm-hmm. them. That mm-hmm. was like, that was like, I mean, I mean, um, what era of wrestling did you um, – grow up watching that really attracted something to um do your character um i started let me think let me think um i started watching in like the late 80s um i was like maybe seven or eight years old um it was that's when i started to watch like weekly and that sort of thing um yep but um, I had 
I had family who would just have it on TV and like I, we would turn on the TV and it would be on, you know, that sort of thing. That, that's the kind of thing going back to my other question about like the casual fan, like what did you like? Because that was, yep. that was the sort of thing I used to see where like someone's flipping through channels and they're like, Oh, wrestling's on, check this out. You know, like, and, and you would just watch it. It wasn't like, it wasn't like the hardcores where you're waiting at nine o'clock every Monday or, you know, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like not, nothing wrong with yeah. that, but I'm just saying they're, they're just different. It was a different kind of um, culture, I guess. Um, yeah. It was kind of like if it was there, you'd watch. If it wasn't there, yeah. you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't care. You wouldn't flip on, you wouldn't flip out on, I didn't get my wrestling like some crackhead or something. <laughs> Right, 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 right. It was kind of like, you know, like turning on a baseball game or something. Like, oh, oh okay. yeah, cool. You know, like that. Yeah. Cool, we'll watch this. Um, yep. And yeah, so like the the first thing I ever saw was the, um, uh, was the, what was that event called? Um, Saturday Night's Main Event. Oh, um, yes. Oh, yeah, from uh, NBC. Yeah, NBC yeah, WWF. Right. It was the it was the one in uh 1987 I think it was when um uh the honky tonk man breaks the guitar over Randy Savage's head and Hulk Hogan oh. makes the save and they they form the mega powers and all that. That was yeah. that was the first that was the first time I ever rem- remember watching wrestling and it was even like now, like wrestling historians and fans are like, "Oh my gosh, that was such a huge and you know successful angle, you know that sort of thing." And it was like that was my first real taste of wrestling, and my mind was just blown away, you know. Yep. Yeah, and and, and just to think that a lot of people have gotten hooked in just by that episode alone. Right. Right. Exactly. And that and that just blew up like. Uh, man, I don't know, because when, I mean, with technology and everything else, I mean, back in the good old days, I mean, if you was lucky, you got NBC, I mean, you got NBC, and you got, like, mm-hmm. USA and Turner and all yeah. of them. Everybody had Turner, even if you didn't have c- cable. Everyone had right. their local channels, they had the Jesus Network, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and WTBS. Yep, yep. <laughs> Yep. I mean, shoot, and some people had the luxury of having that pip screen. I had that pip screen. So, yeah, I was flipping back and forth to WCW, WWE, and stuff like that because, I mean, I had a reputation. I had the wrestling wrestling guru, but there was another wrestling guru. I just took the notes from him and uh, went and (laughs) and shared them with everybody else. Nice. Oh well, guys, yeah, I hey, know uh, Mr. Wright has a booking he's got to get to here in a little bit. So, Eric, oh, Wright, yeah. I want to give you plenty of time if you want to say anything in closing to the fans, plug and promote everything you got, social medias, merchandise, appearances, your favorite bookstore, anything you'd like. Floor is yours. Um, I don't, I don't really have anything to promote for myself necessarily, but um, just for anybody who's listening, um. Support independent wrestling. Um, these guys, these guys work hard, um, trying to make it, trying to entertain people the best we can. So, go 
if you, if you love independent wrestling, go to shows. I'm, I'm wrestling tonight. Um, but go to shows, buy, buy a guy. If you like a guy, buy his shirt or his, her shirt or whatever. Um, um, but yeah, that's the only thing I'm going to plug is wrestling, uh, support wrestling. <laughs> that was like a solid piece of advice there. Hopefully fans will take you <laughs> up on that. Well, I want to so. thank you very, very much for taking the time to be here with us today. We appreciate it greatly. Best of luck tonight. Hopefully you have a nice full house. <laughs> yes. Oh, I hope so. I'm yeah. safe, my bro. All right, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Hey, thank you. Fans, if you've not seen Eric Wright remedy that, go to an arena wherever he appears. He's a fantastic talent. Support him and what he does. Jump on the YouTubes if you don't live in the Pacific Northwest and look him up. Great, great stuff. He was doing Jack Gallagher stuff before Jack Gallagher was doing it. So definitely check out what he has done in his career. Well, we've hit the point where we got stuff to plug and promote of our own. Randy Zellers, my man, do you have some stuff you want to say, plug or promote? Oh, yes. Um, We're going to go ahead and um, start plugging in the Nightly Strange. I'm sure that the next season is coming up very, very soon. And we're also um, also just say support independent wrestlers and support wrestle talk in term vocal turmoil. Nicely said. Coach, what about you? Yeah, you can check me out at Coach Mike Jones, the coach for the most. Also, Coach Mike Jones on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, the Real School Army in the NGW Green Room for interviews from all over the world. And I'm going to continue to do the Seattle Mariners organizational report. Right now, we're looking good on winning our 14th in a row. My prediction is they're going to win 17 in a row to break our personal record for the Mariners and then roll all the way to the World Series. And then also, don't forget to check out the Coach Mike Jones Show podcast, Saturdays between noon and 2. And then if you need a tow in the Northwest, check out Big Big Boys Towing and tell them the coach with the most sent you. All right, well, you can find me on the Book of Faces over at the Twitters, the Gram, the YouTubes. The Sign of the Times, episode 359, just got uploaded a couple of hours ago, so you can enjoy that. We will be back with you next week. This coming Friday, we have Chet Ripley on the show. He is out of the state of Indiana doing big things on the deathmatch circuit. And then, of course, we'll be back with you one week from this very day, so make sure you have plans to be with us and Everybody stay safe out there. Support your local independent professional wrestling wherever you may have it near you. And we will hey, talk sign. to you soon. Yeah, coach. Sign. Yeah, hey, Randy, coach. how do they get a hold of how do they get a hold of you, Randy? Oh, Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter, Big Zen, Big Zen, Twitter, um, Randy Zellers at Facebook. And and uh, Randy Zeller is at uh, Instagram. 
get a hold of me, hit and me what, up, chop it up. And what about yep. our, our uh, mask, mascot, Chicken Bob? Chicken Bob is on all the social medias. He's got the book of faces, the gram, and his Twitter. Look up Chicken Bob. He's very social media friendly for a chicken. He is. All right, well, fans, we'll be back with you next week. Everybody stay safe out there, and we'll talk to you soon.